Support comes from the City of Elgin, celebrating St. Patrick's Day with a sip, shop, and stroll event in downtown Elgin, including a farmer's market, extended store hours, kids' activities, and refreshments. 19 miles east of Austin on Highway 290. More at elgintexas.gov. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives. Because certain songs have magical, soul-changing power, and those are the songs we want to hear about. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode of This Song, we're going to hear from three artists. First, we'll hear from Jose Gonzalez, and then we'll hear from Trevor Wiggins and Daniel James, both of the band Leopold and His Fiction. And we're doing something a little different in this episode. We're actually going to have two of the artists in this episode talk about the same song and album and artist, really. Why do we do that? Because it's cool and because we can and because these interviews were like recorded on the same day and because, well, you'll just hear later why we had to put them together. First up, Jose Gonzalez. He's a Swedish singer-songwriter and guitarist whose 2015 record Vestiges and Claws is a real study in quiet, reflective beauty. He came to the Austin City Limits Music Festival in October and sat down backstage with Taylor Wallace to talk about an artist and a record that inspired his own work. So here he is, Jose Gonzalez. We're sitting here with uh, Jose Gonzalez, who has traveled far to come here, and he's touring all over the south of the United States right now, every day, playing, like, what is it, 16 shows in 16 days? Yeah, something about that. So what was the song or album that served as the spark that kind of ignited the fire towards your career as a musician? Yeah, I usually mention Silvio Rodriguez as um, the main artist uh, and, and his albums. Ojalá que las hojas no te toquen el cuerpo cuando caigan Para que no But I, but I feel like I can, I can mention Nick Drake Soy written and so it say Tengo moons on his way I was getting compared to Nick Drake quite a lot when oh, I was wow. recording my uh-huh. first songs and uh, when I was compiling my, my first album, Veneer, uh, uh, that's when I got into Nick Drake and, and wrote a couple of more songs and, and so Pink Moon, the, the, mm-hmm. that song and, and that album was like what I was uh, aiming at with, with my uh, album. A short album with only guitar and vocals and, mm-hmm. and uh, simple but but almost droney type of finger picking. Yes. So 
So is it the sound or his his lyrics, or was it kind of a combination of both that really settled in well for you? Uh, I think the, it was the whole package. The, the, the way he was singing, uh, that was different from Silva Rodriguez. Ojalá que la luna pueda salir sin ti. Paul Simon. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Don Gilberto. Chega de saudade, a realidade é que sem ela não há paz, não há beleza. The other guys that I was inspired by. Uh, so, so his way of singing, and, and then also the, yeah, his finger picking that was like staying on the same bass note for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I kind of like that. reach to his influence today in your music as you continue to make more albums and move forward in your career? Um, not as much as uh, with, with that first album. Mm -hmm. um, since then it's been more like listening to soul singers like Nina Simone and, and others. Don't let him handle me and drive me mad If you can keep me I wanna stay here with you forever and, and not not trying to to sound like that but just getting inspired by yeah. these like amazing that's fantastic yeah yeah all right fantastic thank you so thank you so much for yeah. for being here and enjoy yeah. the rest of your day thanks thank you for having me of a ghost by Jose Gonzalez. And I hear it, the influence of Nick Drake, and it's lovely. Jose Gonzalez did a beautiful live version of the song backstage at Austin City Limits in the KUTX tent. The video lives at View House, which is where a group of stations that include KUTX, KCRW, and KEXP put all of their best live videos. And yes, I'll post a link to that video on the This Song page for this episode. Before I go any further, I want to ask that if you enjoy hearing artists talk about life-changing songs, then please take a moment to head to iTunes and leave a rating or a review for this podcast. Making a podcast can be like sending a missive into the void. <laughs> the ratings and reviews help us here at this song know that people are listening and they let us know how we're doing. Plus... They help us in iTunes. And speaking of iTunes, when you're there, you can subscribe to this song, and then you'll get next week's episode with Ian Astbury from The Cult and P.T. Banks delivered right to you. Now, on to our next artist, Trevor Wiggins. He was also at Austin City Limits Festival with the Austin-based band Leopold and His Fiction. I sat down with him and Daniel James on the same day that Jose Gonzalez talked to Taylor, 
And Trevor, he knew exactly what artist and album he wanted to talk about. And it was the same artist and album as Jose Gonzalez, which was just really cool. So here he is, Trevor Wiggins. Yeah, a big one for me was the the whole album, Pink Moon. Day one storm And it was beautiful So abstract. There's songs that are like a regular format where it's a ver- like an intro, verse, chorus, bridge, another chorus and it's over. And then there's songs where he doesn't play. He doesn't sing on some of it. It's just one guitar riff repetitively for four minutes. It's like an interlude that's on the album. It's like three notes. It's, you know, like anybody could really play it, but it was just whatever he was feeling. Because a lot of those things, he was recording in his bedroom. You know, there's the complete uh, home recordings of Nick Drake, and you hear some of those familiar tunes, and he just kind of reworked them later when he had a better microphone or whatever. But uh, it's just so abstract. It was whatever he wanted to write. He didn't write with any standards or any plan or anything like that. And you're a songwriter. I mean, you're a drummer in Leopold and Fiction. Yeah, I you mean, are... mainly I'm a drummer now. I'm a, a really, like, I'm a failed songwriter is what but I you am. But so. you have written a, a fair amount of songs. I have written a handful of stuff, did, yeah. Did you hear Pink Moon? Like, at what point in your songwriting did you hear? I was probably 11 or 12 when I actually heard it. And oh, then, whoa. That's, I mean, that's early. Yeah, Were my, you writing songs at 11 or 12? Uh, No, not until like 14 or 15. And they're all really bad. Really, well, they should it was, be. When you're 14 yeah. and 15, like unless you're a prodigy, no they depth, should be. No depth, no perspective. Uh, but my dad gave me the, the Nick Drake box set. It was all of his vinyls, all in one thing. It's this big, great big thing. Uh, to an 11 year old? Yeah, because he he. That's a hip gift, man. Yeah, he like didn't get what was cool for me, so he just gave <laughs> stuff that was cool to him yeah. to me. So what me. were you listening to at the time? At like, that time, mostly like Led Zeppelin. Rock. Yeah, like, because I, I wanted to play drums, I wanted to play guitar, so I knew, like, everything on album four. I, I'm, you know, beat for beat, I know all the drums, I know all the bass lines, I know all the guitar stuff, but it it didn't really change how I saw music, because that's just rock, you yeah. know? It's just, to me, that's what I think of when I think rock, but, like, Nick Drake is a big, a big thing, which is weird, because I ended up being, like, a drummer for a living, and it has, there is no... There's no Nick Drake in In that, my drumming, in yeah. But... I mean, were you ready for it at 11? Like, were, no, so did you no. hear it when you heard it, when you put it on? And you there heard, were a like, couple a- songs I really liked because it, it is really mellow and sort of like, oh, this is not what, you know, everyone in school is listening to. I think at that time, everyone was probably listening to Hanson or something, you know? Yeah. Like, and I had long blonde hair, so I hated Hanson because everyone called me Because everyone said yeah. Mbop. I didn't get it because I was like, what are you saying? Because I didn't listen to any of that. I listened to whatever my dad or my brother gave me. And his brother was older, so he's got cool albums kind of passed down. Yeah. But that's probably, if I had to pick one album that really sort of like, I don't know, spawned everything that made me see music abstractly. I can't say that it didn't affect me in my drumming. I do, 
like a lot of the times Daniel will throw out an idea and I don't think like we'll play this for the chorus and we'll play this for the verse it's like whatever speaks to that individual part and so it kind of creates like unconventional playing you know that's, so kind of listening to your intuition and not being like constrained by yeah, form like he'll play something and I feel a beat to it and it's not your everyday kind of I mean there's elements of it you know the yeah. snare on two and four and something to keep time but there's got to be some weird thing that kind of speaks to whatever personality he's bringing to a part and that is a very Nick Drake thing even when he did have piano and drums there'd be parts where he's playing and he you can just hear everybody kind of drop out because he just wants to play that part by himself and then they come back in later You know, so yeah. it's similar to how we do a lot of that stuff. Well, and how old were you when you kind of understood? Because at 11, you probably heard it and you like, yeah. don't quite get it. At that then... point, I was thinking, like, will girls like this? You know, <laughs> I was not thinking about what I was going to write or how it would affect my process because I didn't have a process. But yeah. I was probably about 18 when I re- it dawned on me that it was really unconventional. You know, yeah. And then I started realizing nobody else listened to it because I, I was from, like, West Texas, you know, so... No one listens to any of that. Yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. We were like 10 years behind in radio, so everyone was getting into like, you know, weird Chili Peppers albums and stuff of that you hear on like MTV or whatever. strange how it, it I heard it at an earlier age and then it kind of affected me in a different way as I got older and yeah, still maybe I'll go seeped back in early and then like once once it had steeped a little while you yeah kinda, it was it's like reading a book over and over you get something different every time yeah the other really cool thing about that album and this is something I definitely when I was younger I even tried this I learned that like Pink Moon and uh uh, a couple of the other like big tracks from that. Really, the whole the whole album. None of it is tuned in standard. It's not an A440. Oh, it's really? All open tuning, like D and yeah. all these like kind of weird drop tuning. So you can't just figure it out. You have to find out what, what he's the playing is, and, and, and then and you have do to. It. a whole new sound you know even now a lot of people don't do that you know if you hear that now it's very you can tell they've listened to Nick Drake or you know like the closest comparison would be probably like Jose Gonzalez Joni Mitchell did that a lot like yeah yeah. just before our love got lost you said I am as constant as a northern star, and I said, Yeah. But that, that is interesting. Like, if what you're looking for in music is like, you know, some kind of balance between what you expect and what you don't expect, right. then changing tunings can, can yeah. really kind of broaden it. Totally different world. A totally yeah, different it's world. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I have it in this land low, and I've seen it change. I don't know where I can go, but I'll ride this road again. And below me, you can hear Ride from Leopold and his fiction. And I would never have guessed in a million years that Trevor's style was influenced by Nick Drake. I mean, Leopold and his fiction make this soul-inspired 
rock music, but when I listen, I hear it. Plus, you can see why I had to put those interviews back to back. I mean, Trevor mentioned Jose Gonzalez in relation to Nick Drake, which is just so cool in this we are all connected through music kind of way. I had to put the interviews together. And finally, we break the Nick Drake thread with Daniel James. He's the lead singer and guitar player for Leopold and his fiction. Daniel is just an electric performer, and he has the best mustache in music, seriously. And he chose to talk about a musical movement that is pretty much the polar opposite, stylistically, of Nick Drake. So here he is, Daniel James. It's a common question that, and it's an appropriate question, yeah, an album yeah. or a person. And I, originally I was thinking to name an artist who I wanted to talk about David Ruffin of The Temptations. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean that much to me. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you brought up someone named a movement, and I really feel like Motown was a movement Motown in was itself. A movement, and man. I'm from Detroit originally, for oh. 20 some years of my life, I was raised there, and I mean, it was everywhere. Is that Every, just in the water in Detroit? It kind, like, of, it kind of is, like but the thing is, when you're from there, it's just so present. You don't invest in it because it's just there. It's just. It's uh, just what it. It's like living in Washington D.C. and sure. never going to see the capital. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's part of the it's part of the you know scenery and. Um. Born in '81, I think Motown was long—not long gone, but 15 years in the past, so to say, or 10 years in the past. And um, I never really invested it in it until I left and moved to California. And then, you know, it was—it's one of those things that you you almost take for granted. think like well I don't know if I can pick between him or Stevie Wonder or the Supremes or wait uh, Marvin Gaye it's like oh my gosh there's so much to think about because underneath that Motown umbrella is every kind of music or every kind of influence channeled through their filter If you talk about Stevie Wonder and you talk about Temptations, those are, I mean, in my in my perspective, they're opposite musics. There's one guy, one group was singing all harmonies, and that's what it's based on. It's harmonies right. first. It was a duop group with a band behind it, which was very unique at the time. And then another guy, Stevie Wonder, just prodigy, who recorded everything himself. And then they just said, "This is the you know eighth wonder of the world." This teenage boy. He was a kid who like wrote songs at 14, yeah, and you were like, oh. Baby! 
track that Hendrix is playing guitar on, and this drummer is just kill, you know killing it. And I thought it was Mitch Mitchell, and I looked at the liner notes, and it's like Stevie Wonder's on this track, and I was like, I didn't even hear piano, and I go back and listen and realize that this young blind boy is playing drums, and I was I, like, oh I my. have not heard, seen. I need to find this it's track. It's so I didn't. it's so great. I mean, it's not it's not like a one of his hits by any means. It's yeah. like just a, a demo that they recorded, but uh, it made me know that if a young guy from Detroit who can, can't see anything, who is a musical prodigy, but is sitting in with arguably one of the best guitar players that's ever lived, and he's holding his own on drums that he can't even see this thing, and like, drum, you know, piano's one thing, but playing drums yeah. like that, it's, it's one of those things that he, he'll stop at nothing, he'll do it, and I feel like that's, that's, in, the, that's in the water in Detroit. commonality between all the different the different music that came out of Motown is that like you feel it all like in the middle of your soul like it's a very emotional like very like ex real emotional I, music I agree you know? with you yeah it's like it's created out of necessity I think that's like what I took yeah. out of sure. the harshness of the weather they what else are they gonna do so yeah. they had to do it you know you're not outside you're not outside partying surfing there's none of that you're inside of a basement or inside of you know studio uh, studio a at, uh, at uh, Motown it's just like well what are we gonna do today we're not gonna go walk the streets we're not gonna yeah. <laughs> we're in here let's make let's something again just being part of the scenery there it's one thing that you just I mean I never thought about even being a young musician I just never thought about it I moved to Austin I realized I really need to lean into where I'm from because that's I didn't realize how true I can be to that until I tried to recognize that and isolate that and say wow this is this has always been a part of me and I never tapped into it and then once I did it was just like a flood and that's the Motown in general I, I I knew all these records. I knew them all growing up and heard them all. But the best part is, is you know one song off the Supremes record, and you buy that record. And then there's nine other songs. And you're just like, wow. That you've never heard. Yeah. That big so hits that still can like. Yeah. And there's thousands and thousands of songs under the Motown label. Between the my favorite era, you know, is very early '60s, like um, '64 to '71, and there's still so much content. There's still hundreds and thousands of songs that I still haven't even touched yet. You can still just, dive in there yeah. and like explore around and every, find new. Every time I get bored, I go to like um, they they did compilations every Christmas, and they released it. And um, the Christmas songs are some of the best I've ever heard. And so you, I would get like 1965 Christmas and listen to what Stevie Wonder was doing that year. Or, the miracles, what they were doing, it's like, wow, okay, I gotta find that. It's, it's just an, an unending quest. Mm,
One Motown song and then a Nick Drake song and then a Motown and a Nick Drake and I like I like the idea of like you know a band is kind of you guys are in a band so it's a combination of all of this like you bring the Motown and then Trevor brings the Nick Drake kind of like out of the box and yeah and that's what that's what makes I feel like that's huge in songwriting with each other it's uh I, f- I go through his record collection in his head and say, oh, I like those records. We pull those out and you say, oh, I like yeah. those. And then you put, you put all the records together and you say, oh, okay, well, there's some Somewhere songs. Somewhere in here is, our, like, yeah. is, is where we are. I think yeah. it's cool too because like, he'll, what seems obvious to him because he's so, it, like Motown is so ingrained in him, he'll throw out an idea and he's like, I know it sounds obvious. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You know, but then he'll play something that's got that feel to it. And I'm like, yeah. I would never have thought to play that way because I'm so used to my heritage music or whatever, you know, from yeah. all the Texas stuff, but it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely. Fun. It's really great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to listen for all of that next time I listen to your music. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks yeah. for having us. Right Thanks. I'm Caving In by Leopold and his fiction. And knowing that Daniel is from Detroit and that Motown underscores the kind of vibe he's trying to get across, well, yeah, for sure. Leopold and his fiction actually did this amazing live version of I'm Caving In backstage at ACL Fest. And I'll post a link to that along with the other Leopold and his fiction videos that are up on View House. You should really see them. This version of I'm Caving In is like a doo-wop version. It's really cool. And Leopold and his fiction have come into Studio NA at KUTX many times, and I will post a link to the music archives of those performances because, really, can you ever have too much Leopold and his fiction? No. And that's it. We have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9, This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger, Jack Anderson, and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interviews were recorded by Jake Perlman. Thanks to Peter Babb and Deidre Gott for their help with this podcast. They do a lot, and we really appreciate them. Thanks to Antoinette Masando for helping me get all of our social media stuff in order. Our theme song is Mahoot by Austin's own most excellent hard-proof Afrobeat you can email us at this song at ktx.org or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat at this song KTX is our handle on all of those. You can follow us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, liner notes, song of the day, and Austin Music Minute on iTunes. And like I said, we'd love a rating or a review. Right on. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.
Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org.